What's up, guys? Episode 31 of an orange and blue thing. That's Darren Meenan. What up? I'm Brian Ernie. We have quite a night ahead of us, quite a July 27th ahead of us. Uh, before we dive into the big news of the evening, uh, our our fond regards to Lucas Duda, who is now a former New York Met on his way to Tampa Bay in exchange for right-handed reliever Drew Smith. Uh, Lucas has been a good Met and uh, in 760 games, totaled 125 home runs and 378 RBIs. So for Lucas, I think he's going to get a good chance to play in a uh, in a, in a postseason series here and, and good for him. But that's really not the news of the night, is it? No, it's episode 31, and last yes. week we talked about it on the show, and I wasn't really ready to talk about it, but you kind of did the breaking news without really I didn't confirming mean to, with well, me. I didn't know if we were doing I was like, <laughs> well, or what are we going to do here? No, I mean, I've been talking to him. I, you know, not trying to brag here, but Mike and I are, follow each other, or Mike and the Seven Line account follow each other on Twitter, so occasionally I'll send him a message or whatever. Uh, years ago, I sent him a pair of shorts that he actually wore and put on Facebook, like it was a photo that he put on Facebook. Um, so we've had somewhat of a relationship, so I hit him up and I say, hey, we do this weekly show. Would you be interested in coming on? Here are some of the past guests, because I wanted to like you know, show him or tell him that, like, you know, we're kind of legit. Sure. Um, I don't know what you want to call this thing. In the beginning, we said it's a podcast and it's a show. I don't know. Are we broadcasters now? I think we are personalities. I don't know what we are, but this that. is fun. And, and it's uh, it goes directly out to Mets fans. And that's what I was trying to explain to Mike. And he was down. But he said he really couldn't confirm until, like, the day of the show, which is today. So um, not that we were trying to hold out on announcing anything, but I didn't want to, like, say yes last week, yeah. shoot myself in the foot, and then make – Mike looked bad if he had to either cancel or postpone or whatever. Sure. But honestly, episode 31, Mike Piazza, I hope we didn't peak 31 weeks in. You we know? very well may have. <laughs> so Hall of Fame catcher Mike Piazza will join us this evening. We're very excited about that. We're going to uh, get that all cranked up in, in about 15 minutes' time. Um, but first, what up? But first. But first. Speaking of but first, I missed last night's episode. Yeah, I'm like three episodes of behind. Big Brother. Dude. My DVR didn't record for some reason. Really? Yeah. Like oh, it was usually it? just knows. It was on an hour earlier. Yeah. And it just didn't record. So when the baby finally went to sleep, we tried to watch uh, last night's episode of Big Brother, and we couldn't watch it. So whatever. I mean, who is uh, who is the person you? Well, let me spoil one thing for me. Who got back on the show? That that loser that's dating that the Jamoke the you know the, the military guy with no personality dude that guy I mean seriously that's a typical guy in a What's bar his name, Josh no Not it's Josh. like Josh a, is the... it's something with a C it's like Cody Cody yeah, yeah he's yeah, back he's Cody back. we don't even know his name that much how much, <laughs> how much we hate you well because everyone's looking at the girl they don't care about that guy yeah but that girl thinks she's hot shit man and she you know I mean you know Doctor yeah, Roman Doctor Romanelli can make you look that good too I don't like anyone who doesn't think their shit stinks you know and yeah. whatever anyway this is a baseball show but we like to mix in a little banter here and there that has nothing to do with the sport yeah. that's what we do yeah exactly uh, drinking beers hanging out talking about the Mets so tonight yeah, and speaking of which oh yeah cheers man yeah cheers we have uh, it's a big one. No champagne, no wine glasses tonight. But no, no. Yeah, last week. Let's talk about last week's show yeah. really quick. Granderson was on. Yep. Uh, he has his event coming up on August 5th. Uh, is it 5th? August 7th. August 7th. 5th mm -hmm. is the outing. August 7th in Manhattan at the New York Public Library. The code is the seven line. If you go to curtisgranderson.com slash GK10, you can get into the party there. I think the tickets are 300 bucks. 50% off code gets you in for $150. Yeah. It's a charity event. And I think that half the tickets so far that they set aside for the 50% off are sold by now. So cool. you still have a chance to get in. Nice. But thanks for thanks to Curtis for coming on. That was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, besides that, what, what, what were we saying two seconds ago? Well, we let's see. <laughs> we're in the middle of a mini Mets hot streak. But it seems like with the trade of Duda, 
that maybe they're it's the ready new era. To Dom Smith. Well, not pack it in. I think that you know they know that Dom is tearing it up in in Vegas, and him and Rosario are ready. They're knocking on the door. They've been knocking on the door. And if you can move Duda, I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. And, no. and you know, a lot of people are saying like, I hate that we're sellers, but we're not really necessarily. We are, but we aren't. Um, I think you could be sellers while still improving the team. Sure. Um, you know, and who's to say that Dom doesn't come up and you know goes on some kind of hot streak. Absolutely. You know? I mean, the guy's been a beast. At if AAA he's going to be playing year. next year, yeah. opening day, you get him up know. now. Right. You see what know. we have. Mm-hmm. Let him get some at bats, and then go from there. You know. Yeah. And let I him th- go into spring training knowing like this is his job to lose. He has it, but this is his job for now, and and prove it. I agree. And and he, there have been some good signs around Dom Dom Smith. Uh, he lost a bunch of weight and really uh, shored up his this defense has always been excellent. The the big knock on him has always been that he doesn't hit for a lot of power for a corner infielder and a guy his size but honestly like he's he's been first of all if the guy hits doubles in the gap i don't really care you know what i mean like i'm i'm over i know the game has evolved to this just this power hitting power hitting thing but um honestly i'm fine if the guy just goes gap to gap power that's fine and and the power sometimes develops later in his career anyway and then you know we talk about the trade we should talk about uh drew smith because before we talk about that yeah i think that the there's always a knock on on duda Mm -hmm. that people didn't like that he didn't have a like a a strong personality but i think that's we've talked about it numerous times on the show like we like guys that have flair and charisma and attitude and whatever and he's just kind of seem kind kind of seems like pretty blah right. you know like he can hit like a a, a two room freaking 450 foot bomb and come back and not even smile so he he's like that in real life though which but which is fine i mean with, i think with that everything people, people seem to connect with guys that have more of an outgoing persona sure. which makes uh, makes a lot of sense is how that's the world that's we were just talking about the guy on on uh, big, brother. big brother right you know it's just the way the way things work but, but he was exciting enough when he was hitting a bomb in the game four of the NLCS. Right? right, right. But what I'm getting at is I, I, I feel like because people didn't have as strong of a connection to him, mm-hmm. now that he's gone, they have the uh, more of the ability to then talk smack on the way out. You know what I mean? Which is right. like, well, you know, we didn't really like him anyway, but well, I don't know. I think he's one of the more underappreciated good Mets of all time. Well, that's what uh, a couple years ago in spring training that uh, – one of those guys, the beat writers, he wrote something that he was the most overhated player on the team. And he actually yeah. asked dude, he's like, do you think that you're overhated or whatever, whatever yeah. that meant? But overhated me to, to the writer meant you, you get hate that you don't deserve, not that you are actually hated. There was too much gray area there. And, and the title of the, of the post or the article or the headline, which aren't always written by the writers, yes. is to get you to click on it and whatever. But it caused a whole commotion. No. I, I can't remember the guy's name. But I, I remember talking to Lucas in spring training. Uh, it was the first year Zach Wheeler was there, and he threw a live uh, BP session, and w- people were so excited. You know, oh, Zach Wheeler, Zach. and it was electric. I mean, the guy, you know, he's chucking, and this guy is going to be real. So I went up to Lucas and I was like, well, "What did you think for you know from the side?" And he's like, oh, "I didn't, I didn't hit against him." <laughs> so I was like, "No, I know, man. What did you Probably think? watched, right?" I was like, "What do you, what do you think? Just like general impressions?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's good." <laughs> so I mean, that's just who Lucas dude is. He's a Calif- Southern, Cal- Southern California guy. It's just. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I like um, the guys try to loosen him up. You know, the yeah. whole we follow Lucas Duda account's probably dead now. You know, him and Curtis Granderson and all the other guys that were. <laughs> Either that, it should that. just be Granderson taping with his iPad like games in in uh, Tampa Bay, like going up <laughs> to the TV and being like, <laughs> yeah, like Lucas Duda highlights. Um, yeah, no, and and who they got back here is is Drew Smith, who is a, a 23 year old um, pitcher in in High A. That's where he spent most of his time this year between Lakeland and Charlotte. I'm I'm looking at his stats right now. Uh, one and two with a one point. 0.79 ERA um, and a 0.96 uh, 
seven whip. Uh, he just got moved up to Double A Montgomery, and and he's got had three good um, clean looks like clean games there so far. So look, I mean, this is a guy who touches ninety seven, ninety eight with his fastball. All those guys, they can be a dime a dozen, but they can also be guys that could contribute to the back end of your bullpen. And that's the kind of value that you like to have. If you have a lot of hard-throwing guys, like look at the Nationals and Felipe Rivero. They gave up uh, Felipe Rivero, who's now the closer in Pittsburgh and pretty much been unhittable uh, and uh, for Mark for three months of Mark Melanson. So you never know what you're getting back at the trade deadline, but Lucas was going to probably be on his way out here anyway. So, you know, good luck to him. And I hope the Rays make the playoffs now. I'd love to see Lucas get another crack at it. Yeah, you know, we wish uh, Lucas nothing but the best. And like you were saying, I think he was severely underappreciated. But, you know, life moves on. It is a job, and he still has one, which is good. And, uh, you know, keep it up wherever you end up. If it's not Tampa, maybe they, maybe they don't hang on to him too long. But whatever. Um, Speaking of moving on, do, do you know anything about Chris Flexen tonight? The only thing I know that he's the first guy after Pelfrey to just go straight up from Double A. I mean, Pelfrey his- did it in two thousand six. Chris is going to do it tonight. I don't know much, but we were talking about it before we went live that it's it's not crazy, but it's surprising to me that they didn't have any faith. Not that they didn't have faith, but they didn't uh, want to bring someone up from Triple A instead, and it just went straight from. I mean, from his his numbers at Binghamton six and one with a one point six six ERA uh, set over seven starts. It's forty eight and two thirds innings and zero point seven two WHIP. I mean, that's damn good. Uh, good for them because they get a lot of garbage for you know kind of sitting on guys. Look at Rosario. Look at Smith. We've been waiting, waiting, and the guy you have up on the screen there, they're still waiting on him. Uh, but, you know, look, it, good for them on kind of reaching down a little bit further and giving somebody with a high ceiling a crack. I like it. Yeah. Could be exciting. So uh, if you're listening afterwards, what, what Brian's talking about on the screen here, if you watch live, thank you for watching live. Maybe click share right now and tell your friends you're watching Orange and Blue thing. Game doesn't start at 7 o'clock, so I don't think we're going to end exactly on time tonight. But the uh, Mike Vaccaro from The Post put an article up today that says Tim Tebow is no circus act. He's actually a real Mets prospect. So it's all about how, um, not that he's eating crow, but a lot of people, when this first happened, they said he has no shot. And it seems like it might be more of a reality than it was even just two weeks ago that he might come up in September. Uh, Roster does expand to 40 guys. They might have a spot for him. And who knows what's going to happen? I think the big thing is we, that they we were, were Tebow supporters since you know the I, off season, dude. I, the day he signed, I said, "Get ready, man!" And you're like, "That you're crazy. You're crazy." T-shirts of him would never sell. I'm like, I'm telling you. No, no, you said any Tebow shirts coming, and I said. If he makes the bigs, then yeah. And I said, I'm telling you, it'd be a crazy big seller, especially because of the orange and blue tie-in with Florida. Because <laughs> yeah. Flor- the University of Florida is orange and blue, too. But look, the, the thing with Tebow is simply this. I mean, the guy is hitting. There's nothing else to it. The guy's hitting. I mean, look, there are guys that, that are at St. Lucie that aren't hitting as well as Tim Tebow. Uh, so... Uh, look, what do you, what in do you the article he compared the guys like uh, who is he hit? He's hitting just as well as a lot of the other guys that have been playing down in St. Lucie. Sure, uh, you know on rehab assignments or whatever. So who knows? And the only problem about a September call up is they have to make a forty man roster move. So who do you cut from the forty man roster? You know, for Tim Tebow, for basically for uh, what would amount to a publicity stunt. I mean, nobody gets called up from high A ball for a September call up. So. Right. I mean, you know, if are you going to really cut a, an actual guy who could contribute at the major league level for for maybe a 
two pinch hitting appearances of Tim Tebow. I don't, maybe I don't they, know. Maybe but I, I haven't gotten ready yet. But I think I should at least design something just in case. I think I think it's, it would I be think smart. it's that time. Yeah. <laughs> so last week we did talk about Dave Majo's art contest. Dave is the man responsible for the TIFOs, the big banners. TIFOs in soccer are huge banners that show support for your team, and he's been doing that for the Mets through the Seven Line Army for quite a few years now. He actually made a Tebow one we showed on the show a yes. while ago, and Tim, ended up meeting Tebow after the game. Tim Tifo. Uh, Tim Tifo down when he played in uh, Jersey. So um, Dave put a contest together. He had some rules on his website asking fans to submit ideas for the Subway Series. We have two outings at City Field in August. We aren't going to the Bronx this year, but we, we are going to go to Mulcahy's. I just cool. kind of confirmed that before this, but we'll talk about that next week on the show. So Dave uh, opened up the, the voting on his site. These are just some examples that he's done in the past, but these are the options that were narrowed down. So uh, there are three here on the on the on on our page here. I'm going to scroll over to his website in a second, but there are three different options here. There's one that just says "Let's Go Mets" with the Subway Car Subway Series 2017 in the center. The Seven Line Army logo over there on the right. Another one, Subway Series 2017, the four and the seven. Speaking of the four, those, yeah, those, we'll <laughs> talk about that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Those losers that are very original over in the Bronx, the four line faithful. Anyway, um, go to go to DaveMaggio.com. I'll pull it up right here. Uh, yeah, go to go to DaveMaggio.com, and you can scroll through. And on the bottom, there's a spot to cast your vote um, to pick which one is the winner. So he's not going to actually show off or tell people what the results are until we unveil it at the tailgate That's party. That's cool. So these are the th- – I don't think he put the artist names here. Maybe he was trying to not – maybe he didn't want people to be hey, biased, like it, this yeah. was by so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who designed any of these, but there are three options on DaveMaggio.com. Go over there, vote which one you think should be flown at City Field, and he'll unveil it at the tailgate party prior to us going into the game. Um, it you- is a weekday. But yeah. we aren't going to McFadden's, which we've been doing. Right. Um, on Subway Series games, it's not that we like can't mingle with Yankees fans, but when you get into McFadden's, it's such a mash of Mets and Yankees fans that it's a lot more fun to then be by yourselves, yeah. all Mets fans in the parking lot. So even the, though it's a weekday, we'll be out there tailgating. The sellout games tend to be a little difficult at McFadden's anyway. You know what I mean? It's it's McFadden's a little easier to navigate when it's not packed. No, that, I, I can 100% agree with that. Yeah. So we've, we've been teasing this, not really teasing it, but talking about the charity softball event that the Brooklyn Cyclones are putting together with us uh, on September 30th at MCU Park, home of the Brooklyn Cyclones. And the way it works is fans get to put, the, put together a team of between 10 and 13 people per team. And um, there has to be at least three females on the team. And it's a single elimination contest. Competition. 16 teams get to play. I just got an update from Greg at the Cyclones. 22 teams have signed up so far. Okay, cool. So the way they're going to do it is you have until tomorrow night, which is, I don't even know what date it is, the 28th. The 28th at 11.59 p.m. If you're listening or watching this up until that time and you would like to participate, go to the sevenline.com and click on the blog area. That'll bring you to this page here. It has all the explanations and, and you know the sign-up times and what you get out of it. So it's $600 per team. And what you get for that is each player on your team gets a food voucher. Every player also gets a T-shirt. Every team will be a different color. You don't get to choose your color. Um, one guaranteed game, which means you can play once. If you win, you keep moving on. And what they're also doing is giving you a free ticket to a future game uh, not, it's actually going to be before the event because yeah. the season ends earlier. Um, it's on August 24th, and their giveaway that day is the Homer and Apple Jack in the Box. Oh, that's cool. So sick. Yeah. So we talked about this last week. If you are playing, you're going to get a ticket to this game. 
there is a day game at City Field and the night game in Brooklyn. So if we can both get off the full day, actually, it's a Thursday. I'm going to have to skip the show that week and do it a different week. Because right. I don't want to miss this game. That would be really cool. What, the 24th? Yeah. I think we should definitely go out to that. That's, it's in the afternoon? No, the the day game is at City Field. The night game oh, is at Brooklyn. Oh, I see. Okay. So if you go to the sevenline.com, click the blog. All, everything is there. Spectators, if you're not going to play, it's ten bucks to get in with five of that, five dollars of that going straight back to the charity. And the concessions will obviously be open for food and drink throughout the day. So if you if you play and you lose and you want to hang out, you could still obviously stay throughout the day. Yep. So there is a sign up button. If you want to wait and watch us in the championship, you can hang around. <laughs> yeah, there's so much smack talk that's been going on <laughs> since the start of this freaking thing, um, which is which is great because that's it's part of sport and it's part of competition. It's yeah. fun to talk smack to your friends. Um, anyway, so if you go to our site, there's a there's a button to click to go to their site, and the registration fee and everything is uh, pretty self-explanatory there. The way it works is since only 16 teams will play. Um, you enter your, your team name, the email address, the contact, all that stuff, the, the credit card payment. Your credit card does not get charged unless you get selected as one of the players. We have nothing to do with selecting who gets to play. That'll be totally on the Cyclones. Um, it's just going to be 16 different teams, and like we just said, there's 22 teams already signed up. So definitely sign up as soon as possible. And if you're listening to this after the 28th at 1159 still come out and celebrate the day enjoy yourselves we haven't picked the charity yet which right. it's it's tough to do because it's i don't really want to get into it but like you when you say you're going to do something like this you get flooded with different charities and I'm it's like sure. everyone is deserving but it's tough to pick one yeah um you know it's tough and you don't want to spread the money out too in too many directions because then right. it's it's not it's not going to make too much of an impact so sure Sorry that we haven't picked that yet, but we will as soon as possible, and we'll let you know. Hopefully, the Cyclones help decide that because I don't really want it to be on. Like, you know, Keith Blackney's been doing a lot of work on this as well. He's actually we didn't talk about this. I never told you about this either. There will be a MVP award presented by QBC. Oh, so nice. the, the 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 QBC MVP of the day, Queens Baseball Convention. If you've never been to that, it's once a year in the off season. Uh, get together of Mets fans, and there's always panelists. Bobby V was there last year, and we we went. It's a it's a good time. So the cool. MVP award will be presented by QBC. That's awesome. So that'll like be it. fun. I like it. It's, I assume that if I, I win, I get a free truck. Yeah, totally. Well, you have to talk to Keith about that. Yeah. Keith's in charge of that. <laughs> Probably a free Tonka truck or something like that. <laughs> no, so we'll think of something cool. I mean, we talked about it prior. Um, you know, it depends on how much money the day makes because obviously you don't want to dip into the, the, the into the charity. So the reason why – I don't think there's times on there, but it's going to start super early because you have to get the final in before the before it gets dark. Sure. And once they turn the lights on, the – the, the ballpark rental price goes through the roof. So we're trying to get the final in before, before it's dark. Um, but there will be a perk. If you win next year, you get to play for free. Excellent. So we're hoping, like we were actually going to write, there is no such thing as a first annual, right? You're, in, you're a grammar guy. You can't write first annual because nothing's annual to that until it happens twice. I appreciate the inaugural. Yeah, the inaugural, but right. you can't say first annual. Correct. Right. So originally right. they wrote something to me, and I'm like, well, you can't really write that. I'll, see, I hey, like you're this. rubbing off on me, man. I am. I am. I like this very much. <laughs> I enjoy it. I like this very much. So Mike Piazza is coming up in a little bit. We did do a test prior, and it was the first, not the first. I've had many holy shit moments, but probably the biggest holy shit moment of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to be completely graphic here, uh -huh. and whatever, tell the, tell the people what was really going on. I said to Mike, can we do a test prior? Because... A lot of things going on here. We don't have three people. We're in my basement. We have no one else to figure something out. If things are going wrong, can we do a test? And he, and he said, yeah. So I was waiting down here for it, and I had to use the bathroom. So I went upstairs, and I'm sitting on the toilet, and I get a Skype call 
from it says Mike Pierce. I'm like, holy shit, what do I do? I can't. Yeah, I can't just jump off the. You know. Yeah, I jump off the throne. And, yeah, so yeah. I did did what I had to do and came back down here and I did the test in my underwear. <laughs> you did the test. So I was sitting down here in my box wait, shorts. Wait. <laughs> did you Costanza the the bathroom break? Why were you in your underwear? Well, after I was done, I just put, I, I I take my shorts off when I when I poop. <laughs> your shorts? Yeah. I don't, what about your shirt? No, my shirt was on. Okay. No, no, oh, I didn't so, really like okay, so say Vandalay in the No, it wasn't like that. All right, that's okay. Yeah. I get the Not shirt. Not to get too graphic here, but that's really what was happening. So I like that. It was an oh shit moment and um, you know, kind of two aspects. But I, th- I think I get the shirt off thing, man. No, I don't take my shirt off. I, I would I would understand if you did. All right, man, I think that's weird. I just don't. It, it is I weird. weird. But I'm still. tall. I'm a big guy. I, mean, I need a squatty potty, I think. But the uh, I don't like having my pants around my ankles when I'm sitting there. No, nobody. I like does. to just like relax. You like you know? to be unconstrained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. Speaking of bathrooms, we're getting new toilets at the warehouse. Oh yeah. Nice segue into our next segment here. That's nice. Um, it can't be too high. Yeah. So someone that works for us used the bathroom the other day uh-huh. and clogged it the first time it's ever been used i've never used it we've only been there a week and i'm like well you better go fix that because i'm not going in there and do that so the the plumber came today (laughs) the plumber came today and we are getting two brand new toilets which is nice Nice. because i'm i'm weird about my pooping i like to either be home yeah or at hotel i've never went in school i never went on a job in my life yeah ever ever never maybe maybe like an emergency like four times in my life like forced into i'm 36 i've owned yeah no my own house or my parents' house, or a hotel. That's it. Okay. All right. I, anyway. appreciate, I, I approve of this. People are probably like, oh, God, can we move on from this topic? We can. We can. Anyway, so we moved into our brand new warehouse uh, within one week, which was crazy. Yeah. The day after the uh, Friday night outing, the next morning, Shoemaker and I and Lizzie and Andrew went and put together all the racks. Mm-hmm. And within two days after that, well, we, we didn't go on Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday, we moved in. And then two days ago... Or was it yesterday? Yesterday we released a rally cap. So it was a nuts week. But we did have our buddy come in and put together a mural. So we're 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 in. But does it doesn't mean that the doors are open and people should just come in. So it's been it's been pretty chill the past couple of days. It hasn't been as hot as last week. So we had our garage door open yesterday. Uh-huh. And more than one person has already driven by like to see if we were there. Yeah. And I'm like, hey. And I'm like, oh man. It's like hopefully this doesn't become an everyday thing. No, I mean not not trying to you know, say we're not welcoming and excited to see people that want to come and hang out and say what's up. But like you when we're, we're like we're working, we don't want to do like in person sales. So um, we do want to do in person sales once a month. So we will promote that as we find out when we're going to do that. Obviously, we want to be good neighbors and not take up the whole parking lot. So we're going to like kind of schedule it around everyone else that's in the building um, and figure that out. But this guy that he walks up with a suit and he's walks it yesterday. He walks by and he's like, "Hey, what's going on in here?" And like we're busy. Like the rally caps just came out. So he's like, oh, Met stuff, and just walks in. Like, it's weird. Like, you don't just walk in. Yeah. So last night on Twitter, he writes, hey, he took a photo of our door afterwards, I guess. And he goes, hey, man, um, nice meeting you today. Thanks for inviting us in. And I didn't reply, but I was like, dude, we didn't invite you in. You kind of just walked in. But uh, that was strange. Yeah, that's weird. So I mean, I was, you're going to get some of that. Though. I was saying to Adam, like, dude, just, like, be a little st- – like, Adam's a good kid, like, yeah. a, like a nice kid. Like, be is. a little st- – this is your spot. Like, you're in charge of the back. Can I help you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Me, uh, what, what do you need? Yeah. I'm, I wasn't like, I'm not advocating no, not, for him not, or Lizzie to be dicks to people. We're not I'm a like, storefront. Yeah. Like, sorry. Can I, yeah. I'm kind of working. Like, can, yeah. you need sevenline.com. Check it out. Go fly a kite, dude. Yeah, go fly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll, so, get him, we'll get him trained up on that. The moment you guys have all been waiting for is just seconds away. Going to get Mike Piazza on the line. Are you nervous? Uh, you can be honest. 
Um, it, this is the only one to date that I'm probably a little nervous for. Yeah, we have had a, a, a number of guests already. I think we need to redo. We need to redo with uh, KB, KB. Yeah, because yeah. that was that was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just getting started, and I think we bit off a little bit more than we could chew early on. It was the technology. It's not. It wasn't our fault. I thought the interview was fantastic. It was. It was good for us. Yeah. I mean, when we turned it off, we were like, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. But then, like, everyone in the comments was like, we couldn't hear anything. <laughs> good, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it. It sounded great on our end. All right. Well, this man needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. He was the 1993 Rookie of the Year, a 12-time All-Star, and last year became a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Over the course of his 16-year career, he hit 427 home runs, 397 of them as a catcher, most all-time for that position, and 220 of them as a member of the New York Mets. He's inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame in 2013, and last July became only the second player to have his number retired in franchise history. Quite simply, he's one of the best to ever put on the Mets uniform, and he's the greatest hitting catcher that ever lived. Ladies and gentlemen, number 31, Mike Piazza. I've been waiting my whole life to do that. Mike, <laughs> what's up, man? Welcome to the show. How you guys doing this evening? Good. We're great Good. now. <laughs> great. Good yeah, to talk with you. Yeah, we really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. I know I've been kind of like not really trying to twist your arm into this or bother you, but I know you got a hectic schedule. You were just in Italy, um, and Mets fans would love to hear from you. So can you just kind of give us a little insight yeah. on what goes on in a day in the life of Piazza? Uh, what, what goes on? Well, about a year ago, I actually wanted to um, – explored possibility of uh, sports ownership and you as you know in the United States it's a whole different business model I mean the the leagues are extremely strong and um, you know the NBA the NFL obviously MLB and um, the NHL are very um, they're they're huge so it would take a lot of money more or less so you'd have to circle a lot of investors and you know I just wanted to try something different and I've reconnected with you know, my heritage, uh, my family being originally from Sicily, from Italy, and started uh, a few years ago, took a job with the Italian national team and just started falling in love with the country. And in Italian soccer and in European soccer, which they don't have here in the MLS, is uh, promotion relegation. So I, brought, I bought a uh, Serie C, which is uh, the third level team uh, in Reggio Emilia, which is actually where Kobe Bryant's dad played basketball for a team uh, called Regina, and I bought the soccer team in that town, and slowly but surely trying to change the business model and uh, move up to the higher levels, hopefully Syria B next year. We came in third in the league, so we didn't get promoted this year, but hopefully next year, and then in the next years after that, hopefully um, try to rise to Serie A and play the Romas and the Inters and the uh, and the Milans and the Juventuses. So, um, it's a long project, but I'm excited about it. I'm sure that's a, a tremendous amount of time and, and obviously a big commitment. So did you have to actually move to Italy? Yeah, more or less now. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm actually – it's kind of funny. Actually, I just came home last night, and I was on a 10-hour flight with my wife and you know, my um, four-year-old, which is uh, a whole job in itself. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. When we left, it was actually – it actually felt like we were leaving home, which is kind of interesting. So we got back home to Miami and – um, it feels like we're on vacation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like any business, you know, as well as anybody, you can't run it absentee. You have to be there all the time um, until I learn every single thing about it and really have people in there that I trust um, and that I can sleep well at night here. Um, it's not quite there yet. It, the last three months have been an amazing. I've been in there every day. And it's a business. I mean, it's like as any business owner would know, you have to be there every single day because 
um, if you allow people to sort of go their own way and you don't provide leadership, it can be a very uh, costly mistake. So you're very much, uh, you have to be there. So we'll probably put the kids in school there after the holidays for about a year or two and, and, and see how that goes. But uh, yeah, to, the long way of answering your question is, yeah, you have to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I run the seven line the same way. Like, you know, Brian's my buddy. We just do this for fun on Thursday <laughs> nights. But I only have two people that work for me. And my motto has always been you have to be a Mets fan. And, and he actually wrote, like, you know, I'm sure or maybe you didn't hear it. Dude is no longer with the team. So he's on my laptop. And he actually wrote a tweet that said, thank you, Lucas, or something to that extent. And he, that was the first tweet that's ever been written, not by me. I thought it was my account. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, oops, my bad. <laughs> Since 2010, that was the first ever tweet not written by me. But yeah, you got to be hands on, especially something like that. So congrats to that. It's very exciting. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs. And, uh, you know, actually, Jeff Wilpon, I've had some really great discussions with him. He's provided a lot of insight because, as you well know, he's been through the ups and downs with, with the Mets um, coming in more or less when I was, I guess, 2002 or three. So um, he's seen a lot and obviously starting the network. And so he's been a really, uh, you know, a great sounding board for me to, to bounce stuff off of. Um, and providing a lot of uh, you know emotional support, so he's been a big help. Well, Mike, we know you're back for the induction ceremony, right? Up in Cooperstown, you're yeah. headed up there um, tomorrow, probably. Um, do you have any appearances up there this weekend that that Mets fans can come check out and say hey, or are you just up there? For yeah, the- I'm doing something Friday night. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of Hall of Famers up there, uh, and um, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's kind of a, um, an interesting weekend and it's actually good for me. I mean, I'm excited because obviously Pudge, Yvonne Rodriguez going in. So, um, the catcher core will be there and it'll be fun to see all those guys. And last year it was so hectic getting prepared. And, and it was, a, it was, I mean, I hate to say, uh, it was extremely stressful. I did have some fun time afterwards, but it was kind of weird. I mean, after the speech and after on Sunday, I remember having a cigar with Johnny Bench on the porch at the Otisaga, and I'm actually thinking, wow, this this is almost like giving birth, I guess. I mean, I was completely exhausted after the whole event. So this year it'll be nice to just kind of go up there and – just sort of be a guest at a wedding and, and not have to plan it, more or less. There you go. Well, we have to mention that, because uh, you brought it up, I, I bo- many people, when we knew we were going to talk to you tonight, including my own mother, said, you have to tell Mike his speech was the best of all time. We loved his speech. It was amazing. I know Thank all you. Mets fans felt like that. Yeah, so. we were up there. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure you, you were pulled in a million directions that weekend, but I'm, yeah. you probably looked at social media. We were up there with a 1,000 Mets fans. We camped out the yeah. night before. And uh, I got choked up, man. Like, you know, just hearing you speak about the career and everything with, you know, New Yorkers and and everything that went down in 9-11 and mentioning the first responders. Like, I I teared up, man. And it was just a great weekend. And I'm sure, you know, like you were saying, sitting there, you know, feeling feeling like you just gave birth. There's like a nice exhale that it's not that it's over, but like, yeah, you can relax. But then you went and bought a soccer team. So, (laughs) yeah, well, I, I was actually in the process of that the year before I was looking at different teams throughout Europe and as what you well know when things sometimes happen amazingly quick where you just sort of wonder what happened. I mean, my life went from being just sort of Mr. Dad and, and taking kids to school to going into the hall, buying a team simultaneously. So when it, it, when those cliches happen for a reason, when it rains, it pours. Um, and so, yeah. And, um, but that was an amazing, I, I'll tell you the coolest thing about that day was, riding up in the bus with all the other Hall of Famers like uh, Eddie Murray and, and Reggie Jackson and having them extremely impressed about the turnout of the Mets fans. Um, they were kind of blown away. 
And I think on record, I think it was one of the highest, if not the top two or three crowds in the history of Cooperstown. So, um, yeah. You do, I, well, you I deserve it, man. Like, it's, it was, I'll it was tell you great. what, it, it blew me away. And then, you know, when I looked out there, I remember on the podium looking out and I just remember I, I did this extreme feeling of panic and, and anxiety about the speech. And then I just said, you know what, let's just go out and do it. And um, thank God I got through it. But the people were amazing. And, and thank you for that. It was it was it was a something obviously you never forget but it's just something that i play in my mind time and time again and just uh, just think back of what an amazing day that was well you came through the, in uh the clutch again which isn't really a surprise to us mets <laughs> fans you. but let's talk about how you got here so i have to i have to tell you we were we were watching there was a bunch of press here in town recently for the 30 for 30 they did on mike and the mad dog and i heard mike francesa tell a story about how he claims that they played the role that you were like got got you here to New York. They said he said that that your agent called and said we got to deal with the Cubs, but Mike wants to come to the yeah. Mets. Can you do anything about that? Is that is that true, or do you even like do you even know? Are you that aware of that? Uh, I I don't know if that was exactly the story, but right. what I will say is I know that Mike and the Mad Dog were very close with. Um, I think it was Nelson, Nelson at the right, time, yeah. and Nelson and Jeff obviously were partners, or excuse me, uh, Fred Wilpon were partners, and they had a little bit of a sort of contentious relationship at times. It kind of worked. I mean, Fred was obviously the more conservative businessman, and 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 uh, Nelson was a little bit more of the let's go get the guy. And I used to hear stories from John Franco about Nelson when Bobby Benilla was there, and he'd be in the on deck circle, and Nelson would say, "Hey, guy, hit a home run. Show me why I'm paying you all that money." You know, so he was kind of. <laughs> This sort of just really funny guy and very, very cantankerous and excited and just freewheeling. And so um, when I did come up, obviously, when the Dodgers traded me and I was at the Marlins for that week, I think um, at the time, the, the Mets initially weren't very much interested. And then, yes, I believe Mike and the Mad Dog started really needling, saying, why not, Piazza? Why not come here? Because Todd Hundley, obviously had a great year I think recently and had a lot of home runs and he was injured and um, so they I remember Mike Francesa told me the story that he actually called Nelson Doubleday and said you guys should really rethink this Piazza thing and then he obviously went after Steve Phillips and and that's kind of how it needled that's that needling sort of I think really made it happen because as you well know I mean even though it's media owners, there's it's it's kind of like now. Uh, back then, it was different because there was no social media per se. It wasn't in, coming in, so the relationships were more like backroom smoke deals. And I'll call this guy. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I would give them some credit. I know they did they did sort of stir the pot a little bit. Yeah, social media. I mean, we know everything immediately, and even if it's wrong, you know, the whole thing with uh, Flores, <laughs> Flores a couple yeah. years ago crying on the field, and it wasn't even true. But um, anyway, it's so changed a lot. Oh, of course. So what was the thing that made you re-sign with the Mets? A lot of people don't really remember that you didn't really yeah. didn't declare free agency. You signed, and you just sure. had a, a faith and a belief that the organization was going to turn the page. So what 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 made you make that decision? Uh, well, aside from a, a very lucrative contract, no, I'm like kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great equalizer. Were, uh, no, you know what? That obviously was was was. Uh, I mean, it was extremely gracious contract, but. Putting that aside just for a second, um, they, as you well know, when I came here and I've said to mention this many times, it wasn't always the be it wasn't the best of starts, uh, and because I think there was all this trepidation, and I think fans were sort of somewhat um, hesitant to embrace me fully. 
I was not signed. Um, I wasn't playing extremely well. I mean, I was hitting well, but I wasn't driving anybody in. And it was just one of those things where the season took on this sort of limbo-like feeling. We weren't really in the playoffs. We were kind of bouncing back and forth. And when we played Atlanta, obviously they were sort of playing very well and dominating us. And we were going for the wild card. And so point being is I wasn't really doing much here exciting until I got, I guess it got to mid to late August. And then I just really went on one a, a great hot streak. And then the fans just started coming around and then it would, went from, you know, is he going to stay to please stay? And so um, <laughs> the signs came out and everybody. And so, but, but even that, uh, even though I knew that how difficult at the time and even is today, how New York is very difficult to play in, especially for a player um, who's well-established um, and the high expectations are high. I just felt like it was, it was meant to be. I mean, I just felt like I was supposed to be there. And nothing against any other city, but I said, wait a minute, if I really want to go down as, as, a, as a player that is uh, remembered, I have to do it on the biggest stage in, in baseball. So eternally, I was sort of resigned to myself, look, I can really get run out of town on a rail the next year and, and crap out here, or I can do well here. So I decided I got to roll the dice and go for it. And um, fortunately, I stayed. And it was just and, and, and it was the greatest experience of my life. And to this day, when I meet Met fans on the plane and the airports or the events or come back to the stadium, it's just something that forever makes me realize that I made the right decision. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Meenan and Brian Ernie talking with Hall of Fame catcher Mike Piazza. Um, Mike, I will freely admit that I have far too much of your career committed to memory. Okay, so there's a lot of Mike Piazza <laughs> occupying this brain space where, I don't know, there might be a Nobel Prize that could be going on, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> I have my favorite kind of Piazza home runs that kind of, I think, have flown under the radar a little bit because as your legend has sort of grown here, the 92101 sort of home run becomes synonymous with your career, and I think there were so many big home runs. The ones that jump out at me are like, the, the first, you know, I think iconic Piazza home run was that one off Billy Wagner in 1998 at the Astrodome. Yeah. I love that. That was my 200th, by the way. Yeah. I remember that about that. And, uh, and I, you know, just for the walk-off hit off Trevor Hoffman early in 99, uh, the Smoltz home run in, in game six, uh, the capper of the 10-run inning. Is there a home run that maybe you feel like doesn't get as – or even any moment in your Mets career that you don't feel like gets as much – play if you will that you love that you kind of hold close to your heart well i've said this a few times the favorite one i like was the 10 run inning yeah. home run uh because of the fact of all the, the stage that was there and that was one of the only home runs that i remember that i was on the on deck circle and i was kind of really pulling for fonzie to get a hit and after he got a hit and tied the game it really kind of took a little bit of pressure off me. And, you know, I had this like, oh, great job, Fonzie. So I was in a little bit of a different mindset. I wasn't as like, oh, you know, crap, I got to really bear down here. So I felt this feeling of relaxation come into the box. But then I remember saying, well, we lost Mike for a second, but we'll get him right back. Um, I'm glad he said that that was one of his favorites because that's that's totally one of mine. What the hell? As, just I don't happened? know. We just we get there, but you, it's so funny. <laughs> you're like, look at you. You're like, but what? He just probably hit a button or something like that. It's all good. We'll we'll get weird. him back. That was weird. It just happens to Mike. <laughs> yeah. Hello. What'd you hang up on us? 
No, I have no idea. I think my internet crapped out. All it's right. So at least it's not our fault. We could finally blame you for something. Let me ask you a question about that. Before you dropped off, it was that you were kind of you were happy that Fonzie had, had pulled through with the hit, and then the, kind of all the pressure was off. Yeah. Bobby Cox brought in Terry Mulholland to pitch to you, didn't he? Uh, I believe he did, right? Yeah, which – yes. And I think uh, that was something where their bullpen was kind of thin, and he probably – because I know Terry and I faced him a couple times uh, and he always had a little bit of a problem getting his cutter in on me. And mm-hmm. I tried to sort of hit it out in front of the plate. And the ironic thing about that home run was I think the next year, or the year after we were in the first game at PNC park in Pittsburgh. And it was like the seventh or eighth inning and Terry Mulholland was with the pirates at the time. And he threw the same pitch, and I hit the same ball out of the ballpark at PNC Park. <laughs> so he actually came up to me. I saw him in the gym after the game, and I was like kind of embarrassed because I didn't. And he's like, same pitch, same location, same results. So <laughs> we we kind of had a chuckle about it. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, at that time, probably Bobby didn't want to bring in Terry, but sometimes as a manager, I remember Tommy Lasorda laughing so hard because Tommy had this reputation of, of really burning guys out. And Tommy never had this thing where guys were off. Like he's like, there's no such thing as a pitcher being off. You could get him one hitter. He would, he would make you do it. So yeah, I think at that point he, he just said, you know what? He had to roll the dice and hoping he, he can get the ball in on me. But fortunately I, he didn't. A little fun fact about that game. We talked about it prior on the show, but it, I don't know if players keep track of this kind of stuff, but that was also fireworks night, the 10 run inning night. Yeah. So um, I couldn't afford to go to the game, but back at Shea, they used to leave the gates like halfway down after like the sixth inning, where if you didn't have a ticket, I mean, it's not really legal, but you could just sneak in. Just roll so in. So <laughs> I walked in, I, I swear on anything in the world, I walked in just, at, I walked up the, the ramps into the seats in the upper deck just as that home run went out. It was like, you couldn't have scripted it That's any better. Crazy. But um, anyway, so with the Subway Series coming up like right around the corner, obviously your history with Clemens and stuff, we don't really have to get into that. It's yeah. well documented. But uh, <laughs> I, we just got to know one thing. Brian and I were talking about, we, we do a little yeah. show prep before you know we go live, we find out who we're going to speak with. But in 2002... Clemens comes to Shea, Estes mm. is on the mound, and he misses him. So there had to be some kind of game plan. I mean, eyeballs all across New York were watching that game. I mean, I, we both feel like the, the Subway Series has kind of lost its luster recently. But yeah. back then, everybody was watching that. And obviously, hot off the heels of the, uh, you know, the Subway Series World Series, he's in the box, Shea Stadium, you're behind the dish. Estes yeah. throws the ball and misses him. What if he hit him? What was the plan? Well, you know, there was a lot of buildup to that game. Because if, if you don't recall, I mean, I remember remember Joe Torrey would never start Roger then at Shea Stadium mm-hmm. after that uh, incident happened in 2000 because he felt like it would be just too crazy and it would be too incendiary. And, and for lack of better words, I guess he just thought it was a good idea and maybe it wasn't. But it, because of this sort of jousting in the press between Bobby, obviously Bobby B and, and Joe and, and, and Roger. And then I think what happened, Roger then actually sort of telegraphed a message from what I heard um, saying, okay, you know, I'm going to go pitch and just hit me. I'll take it, you know, whatever. Let's just get it over with. Cause I think everybody just kind of wanted to get it over with. And any self, cause I was just so like, you get to a point to where, there was so much hype with the media and the fans and on the radio. And, and it was just getting to the point where I was like, 
at this point, let's just get it over with. So I think, yeah, at that point, he decided to pitch. And then Sean was on the mound, <laughs> and he threw behind him. So it's just kind of like the bad incident. Like, it's just kind of where everyone's like, well, what's supposed to happen? Or, it was just so weird. You know, that whole story was just, for me, I still laugh at it as being very bizarre. And uh, so, I, I mean, I guess Sean was trying to hit him or didn't want to hit him or, or just trying to war. I have no idea. But then it was weird because I took him deep that game and Sean took him yeah. deep and Sean threw like <laughs> yeah. a one-hitter. So another yeah. strange history in that uh, episode in that history. So I doubt it because someone pulled out a lighter. I remember Al saying, you know what Roger said? He's going to take his, he's just going to take it and go. Let's just get it over with. So, well, I got to so, know. You brought up the World Series. It happen. You got to know. You brought up the World Series. I got to know. Were you surprised that someone – you couldn't. I understand why you couldn't do anything. Were you surprised yeah. – mostly I'm asking, are you surprised if Todd Pratt didn't just go ballistic? Because I thought <laughs> I thought Todd Pratt or like Lenny Harris or one of your good friends would was ready to pop. Are you surprised that nothing escalated from that? Like I know you couldn't. I know Roger couldn't. Nobody could throw a punch or do anything. But are you yeah. shocked that one somebody like you know Todd didn't just go ballistic or something <laughs> like that? I – I think because the fact that it, the one thing I still remember, and again, without getting into like, you know, you should have kicked his yeah, ass, yeah, you should have yeah. kicked your ass, you should have fought, you should because that those are, those arguments were going on for years sure. ever since, and probably still to this day. And you're never going to make everybody happy, so it, it happened the way it happened. But I do think um, the bizarre factor kind of crept in because everyone was like, "Well, what was that?" I mean, and, yeah. and then of course we're saying, "Well." It just was. It was. I mean, I'm sure without my own personal opinion, or his opinion, nobody can argue it was probably one of the most bizarre things that ever happened. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I think everyone was just more in shock. And then when everyone got out there and there was a little bit of a scrum, I mean, what are you going to do then? It really much just wasn't because once everyone's out there, it's like, what are you going to do? So, I think eventually, then people just kind of figured, okay, let's just let's just get on and. Um, yeah, you know, again, looking back again, it's something that I, people obviously ask me a lot about, and I still have the same answers. I'm like, I still haven't figured it out. But, yeah. yeah, and it's like that know, he said, he said, I thought, nonetheless. I thought it was the ball. Was like, yeah, okay, it was obviously not the ball. I, so. he, he knows there's no pegging in baseball, right? <laughs> yeah. and, the ball. And, and again, if you think about it, I took Jeff Nelson deep, and he still to this day um, says to me, I don't know how you hit that ball. I mean, I, I, I took it off the foul pole. And I remember Jeff Nelson for a right-hand hitter was probably, for me, the most difficult guy you could ever want to hit. And for some reason, I just guessed fastball inside, and I kind of got my, you know, the head of the bat on the ball, and I hit it out. And he just still this day, we still talk about when I see him because he did some media from time to time. So, again, going back to one of the most really proud and memorable home runs kind of, kind of was secondary compared to that game. So... It was just one of those incidents that I, again, I don't think you could, if you could play baseball for another thousand years, whatever happened. You guys almost came back in that game because Jay hit one off Mo, yeah. didn't he? Right? Peyton hit Jay one off. Jay Payton, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Jay had some great hit, some big hits for us that yeah. year and played really well. And the thing I love about, about that 2000 team is obviously Johnny O left for Seattle the year before. You know, he was with us in 99. And so. It wasn't this team that was really expected to win because we, we for, for whatever reason, weren't as perceived to be as strong as 99, but we did. And, and uh, with a lot of unheralded guys, you know, like Pat Mahomes and Lenny Harris, you mentioned, um, Todd Zeal. And so, I mean, Todd was brought in to, yeah. to replace Johnny Olerud. And, 
you know, Todd was a very good major league ball player, but, uh, you know, Johnny was, was obviously hit 370 one year and he was a great fielder. Didn't run that well, but was an amazing player. So yeah, it was, it was a very interesting year and a lot of fun. So before we let you go, obviously when you were here, you were you were quite the trendsetter, and you dyed your hair blonde. Yeah, do you know do you know that well, I did when, that? You did that too. But I did. You know, the, the, uh, Mike, I got to admit to you, the summer and that the- hurt like hell. By the way, you know it's funny. <laughs> I mean, a few guys had done it, but for some reason, uh, you know, obviously people it took a lot of interest in it when I did it, and I remember doing it, going, I don't know how people do this or <laughs> anybody does this because because it really freaking hurt. Well, dude, I did it after you did it because I was like, well, Mike Piazza <laughs> did it, I got to do it. And then I got my whole baseball team to do it. It looked terrible. It, like, I had hair, but, like, back then. It looked terrible. But, anyway, I mean, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, so, well, you know, and also, you know, you got a little goatee going right now. But, you know, you've been pretty yeah, clean. Yeah, gray, by the way, which is my kids pointed out. They're like, Dad, your, your, your beard is gray. So, it's kind of, i got to go out and get the grease, <laughs> the formula. Or what Keith uses. What Keith, yeah. Yeah, 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 just, yeah just, just for men. Just, just for men. men yeah. New sponsorship. So, so do, uh, do you ever think that you'll ever just rock the straight mustache again? Or is that long gone? Uh, you mean like the Fu Manchu? Yeah, 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 I, I yeah, that, yeah. You know, I was so superstitious when I played it, and I remember actually thought it. I thought it gave me like special powers, you know, like <laughs> like the Hulk or something. So, I the funny thing about the Fu Manchu is that started with the Dodgers because they had a policy where you couldn't go below the lower lip with a mustache, and I would make it super thin, and Tommy Lasorda would always, you know, really give me crap about it and say, "You better cut that off." And and I was playing so well that he'd say. Uh, Leave it. You, you you could keep it. So you know, it was it was funny. I kind of was pushing the policy, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just it's just so lazy. It's lazy now. We actually had a guy at Shea used to come in. He was like one of the guys barbers, and he used to shave my beard and put in some cool stuff. So I had some fun with it for a while. I, I may, I'm actually growing the goatee back. So I get bored once in a while. And that's, I wish like know, what you, what you yeah. see here is this is, this is that's it, it man. This, it. Is, this is all I got. Uh, but we did actually one more, actually I said one more before, but we do have one more. I did oh, ask cool. some, cool. some fans on Twitter, if they had one question to ask you, what would it be? And a bunch of people asked, but I got one here from a guy named Tom at gets through Buckner. He said, aside from winning a ring, is there anything else in New York that you would, maybe you would have changed your time in New York besides the ring? Anything else that you may have changed? Yeah. Not to be a downer a good, here, you know, but. In- no, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a cerebral question. I'm trying to backtrack. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't want to say I really, I don't want to sound corny, go, I have no regrets. I do it the same way over, but um, I, I can honestly say there's not a lot I would change. Yeah, of course, you know, but, but as an athlete, and as you know, I mean, see the struggles of some teams, especially for the Mets, is it's very difficult to win, and it's very difficult to win on a stage like New York. So um, as far as the eight years there, there's not a lot of regrets. Um, that's a good question, too. I think maybe the last few years, like I, my last year, 2005, like three and four, obviously the change to first base was was regrettable for me. And looking back, I, okay, that's that's probably my regret. Maybe I should have started a little earlier to prepare to spend some time at first base because I think as an athlete, I was too old and maybe a 98, 99, I should have been taking a few ground balls there to kind of maybe do it once in a while for left-handed pitching. So that's probably the case. And then from a selfish standpoint, maybe I could have squeezed out a couple more years as a player and you know go to the American League and and – and and prolong my career so i think maybe i thought about that the other day i was like man you know maybe i should have took a few more ground balls in the late 90s to kind of get ready for that transformation because when i went there 
with the Mets, it was a disaster. <laughs> so it, it was it was kind of frustrating. Um, even though I, I I I just felt like I was old, I was too old to really make that adjustment. So how's that? That's good. So Mike, you know, on a personal note, I, I'll tip my hand now that we're pretty much finished. My favorite player of all time. A lot of good. Like big family hugs have resulted as as a result of one of your home runs. I know Mets fans feel the same way, but the memories you gave us are going to last this lifetime. So just thank you. We appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks and congrats to you guys with all the success of the company. I mean, I think it's uh, so impressive uh, what you've done. Um, obviously, the Mets had uh, an expression: "It's not just a team; it's 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 a lifestyle." Um, it's a philosophy and, and the fans everywhere in the world. Um, and so many Mets fans have supported my project in Italy as well. I mean, they, they look in and, and they're supporting me and I hope to bring the team one day when we're high C or Serie A, you know, high B or Serie A to, to, to city field and have a game there. And, um, so again, I, I can't thank you guys enough. I'm I'm so happy for your success and, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have some suds soon together. Thank you, Mike. We, we couldn't say thank you enough, and we appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend right. up in Cooperstown, and good luck with the, with the soccer team. And when you do bring the Thanks, team man. here, we will, we will be there. We will definitely be we there to be, be with there. the supporters, right. the, the supporters I'll send section. send you guys some swag from the team because you guys have always been so kind with, with the, uh, the, the seven-line stuff. So God bless. Thank you. Have a good thank night. You. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Hall of Fame catcher Mike Piazza. I mean, does it, does it really get any better than that? I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. All right. We peaked. All right, show's over. <laughs> that's it. We're done. That's bye, guys. <laughs> Seriously, I mean that's how I feel. I mean that's 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 a thrill of a lifetime. I said to I said on Facebook the other day, can somebody go back in a time machine tell 1999 Brian Ernie he's he's doing okay? I mean seriously, insane. And uh, I don't know. I don't even really know what to say. That was amazing. The best. The best. Ho- hopefully the uh, we didn't get to any Facebook uh, questions there, but uh, we apologize. I mean, well, yeah, we're sorry. If you have any Facebook questions for us in the meantime, I think we should just go. I think voicemails need to wait till next week. We're at seven o'clock already. We can play like. Um, let's just let's, go, let's play Poppy at least. Let's play Poppy. You want to go to you want to go to old time baseball? <laughs> yeah, we got something here from from your Poppy, mm-hmm. who I think that he should just call each week, and we don't even care that it's not a question. I told him we don't. Have, so let's check in with Poppy. Mets fans, this is Coach Poppy. Take heart, Mets fans. In 1951, the Giants rallied from 13 and a half games back on August 11th to force a playoff for the pennant. On October 3rd, Bobby Thompson hit the shot heard around the world, and the Giants won the pennant. The Giants win the pennant! The Giants win the pennant! This is Coach Poppy. Bring back old-time baseball. I like that he has his own tagline. Is he a coach? Yeah, he coached uh, youth baseball. Oh, I was gonna, it would be better if he wasn't. If he wasn't. <laughs> if he was just like, this is Detective Poppy. Was he a cop? No, no. Yeah. Uh, no, he coached youth baseball for almost uh, almost 60 years. God, you know, forever. Um, he coached Frank Viola. Oh, wow. Yeah, when, I, when I met Frank Viola at spring training, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm John Monchal's grandson. Oh, you didn't say, like, yeah, are you, you, did you have a Coach Poppy? <laughs> no, no. I, he wasn't Coach Poppy back then. I was like, you know, I'm John Monchal's grandson because he coached him in basketball and, and baseball. And he's like, no shit. <laughs> so that was kind of a cool moment because I grew up with stories about him, uh, him being a coach to Frank for a long time. And, um, and yeah, you know, uh, my grandfather, you know, is, is a treasure. So, uh, you know, the, he brings up a good point though. 
1951. You're not really out. You're not really out. Yeah, you're not out. out. You're not those 1951 Giants. I mean, they stormed back, and we saw the Phillies do it to us in 2007. So you never know. I mean, now that dude is gone, it seems like the white flag's been waving. But like you said, that's not necessarily the truth. So you just got to look back to old time baseball for your lessons. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Coach Pop. We we expect you to uh, be a weekly thing. So. Uh, Get your question or your or your comment ready for next week. So tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. I'm going to Seattle. You I've, are. I haven't packed anything. Yeah, Kelly's thrilled about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're if this is a first, I'm sure we got some new viewers tonight because of the whole Piazza interview. But if you're new to this, we do the show in my basement. I haven't packed even my underwear yet. Nothing is packed. I did just go to the dry cleaners because it is a little bit cooler in Seattle. Right. So, you know, I can actually wear like a nice dress shirt if we got dinner or whatever. But, um, yeah, I didn't pack yet. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Tomorrow morning, we're leaving at 5 a.m. We have a two-year-old. So it's going to be pretty uh, interesting getting to JFK in the morning. But um, I do have clear, so hopefully that helps out. That but will help. We are going to be rivaling the King's Court, even though the King's Court is not there. <laughs> he goes, he sends me the, the K card, which I'm sure you're about to I'm show, about to right? show it off. And, he go, and I go, oh, they're not going to be happy. And he goes, <laughs> point. And I'm like, no point. I'm going to be just thrilled. That is that is the point. So we uh, we asked Dave Maggio, who, if you were watching earlier in the show, does all of our banners. He designed this. I haven't showed you this yet. But this is our T-shirt design in seven-foot-by-seven-foot seven banner form. So Very that's the cool. T-shirt design. But I'm also making 500 of these that will be given out at the pregame party. Nice. So if anyone wants to hold one of these after DeGrom strikes out 13, uh, be, I'm they're free so come come to the bar prior we'll be at pyramid brewing company let's uh i had that scheduled here to be up but i totally blew it um anyway we're gonna be at pyramid which is directly across the street from the ballpark i believe left field side um so pyramid their opening special just for us and we'll be there at 10 a.m uh, people say, oh, that's so early, but we're going to still be on New York time. So 10 a.m. is really like one. Yeah, I mean, you're getting out there tomorrow. I mean, you're I'm going to be all screwed up. And you know, with the, you have a baby, like it's going to be really difficult. Like, Dude, I don't envy you for that. Now that she's on like a pretty strict schedule, like tonight she'll probably go to bed like 8.30. Um, we're going to wake her up at 5, be on the plane at whatever time in Queens. And then once we get there, it's three hours prior. So she's going to want to go to bed at like Four. Yeah, it's not going to be. That's going to be. Tomorrow night's going to suck. Mm. But hopefully Saturday, <laughs> she's all right. But anyway, 10 a.m., Pyramid Brewing Company. From 10 till 11 a.m. will be $5 pints. I'm not exactly sure what full price is, probably seven, eight bucks. So uh, $5 pints. They have a uh, food court area style beer garden outside. And they're actually decorating in blue and orange balloons just for us. That's awesome. So, which is rare to see. Like McFadden's in San Diego are very, very welcoming as well to us. But it's, it's, it's kind of rare when we go to these bars. Um, in another team's hometown because they don't really need the business. Yeah, there's no reason for them to say, "Yeah, come on down," because they're going to be busy it's anyway. The Pacific Northwest, they're all chilled out. I don't know. I'm uh, very, I'm excited all, for it. They're all like too worried about the environment up there, you know, to to have those stresses. Before we get to the clip of the week, uh, if you have any uh, Facebook, <laughs> that's a terrible, terrible stereotype. If, if you have any uh, Facebook questions for us, um, feel free to send those over now. So last Saturday night was our outing. We are now eight and three. That's right, eight and three this year, and uh, we are forty-two and thirty-one. I think you're asking the wrong. I don't guy. know. It's whatever. I'm I'm all confused now. I'm I'm writing like I, my adrenaline was so high for the Piazza interview that yeah, I'm kind of just like coming drained. on down. I'm kind of just drained now. But um, 
yeah, we we're, we're 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 hot this year, eight and three. So hopefully we're nine and three after this weekend. But anyway, Friday night, Saturday night was the first ever outing, official Major League Baseball outing that Andrew Indart has ever missed an outing. The general he missed spring training. We did the in memoriam, which actually got the video flagged on Facebook. So we were missing a full replay on Facebook because of the in memoriam with the Sarah McLaughlin song. Yes. Um, so that's down. So if you want to ever hear that, just go on SoundCloud or iTunes. I don't know what episode that was, but this was the first ever outing he's ever missed. And after the first inning, when the Mets were down like five nothing, I'm like, well, at least he's missing like, you know, a bad game. Mm-hmm. We come back, won the game. Nelson Figaro was down there hanging out with us. It's weird, like not weird, because he's he's a he's a baseball player, and uh, obviously guys like to watch baseball. But he talks about baseball every day for work. Then he has the night off, and then he goes to a baseball game. So I'm sitting down awesome. there, and it's I awesome. get like a like you yeah. Know, not, While my like parents a, were in the bathroom, because that's so what he was standing. No, right but here. you know what? I talked to your parents afterwards. I'll get to that in a second. So I get yeah. back, get down there, and I get a hand on my shoulder, yeah. and it's Nelson, and he's like, "What's up, man? I'm here with um, a lot of guys from fantasy camp. I guess there was like a reunion or whatever." Yes, it was. And then they started coming back, and he was ready to leave, and people kind of like blocked the steps. I don't know who it was, maybe yeah. Rocky or whoever. Uh, probably. So they blocked the steps, and they go, "Dude, you you're not leaving." Like it's it you're you're not leaving. The Mets are coming back. There's a rally. You're not leaving. You're about to tie the game, so he didn't leave. Um, but since the general wasn't there, and he asked where Andrew was, he sat in his seat, and we have our clip of the week. That's amazing, Andrew. I'm the new general now. Where you at, bro? Where you at? so awesome of him to come down you know like you know what it was too like i think he wanted to just like say what's up really quick yeah not like hang out for three innings but he wasn't allowed to leave so that's fantastic sorry for holding you hostage and what, Nelson, my, but, my parents stayed up top to oh yeah so walk, right they came back down and and afterwards when they did tie the game yeah obviously the walk off in the ninth um, that wasn't our first walk-off, by the way. We had one last year as well. No, last year on uh, it was Lauren's baby shower, I remember, because I wasn't there. You missed that one too? Yeah, because uh, it was uh, it was a space hit up the middle by somebody after Familia blew it in the ninth. It was against the Padres, I believe. I think it was the Pride Night, whatever night it was. It was, August 13th. So he leaves. They tie the game. He wasn't there for the walk-off, but he left after they tied it. And your parents come down. And they go, we didn't want to move where we were. Yeah. It was good luck. We, we we felt the good mojo, and I'm like, no, by all means, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stay where you are. Yeah, no, they really. Be- my mom really believes in that. You know, a lot of times, like I'll leave for like I usually leave the the section once to yeah. go to the bathroom. If they like tie the game or whatever, you hit a home run, I'll stay where I am. Stay there. I'll, maybe I'll watch from the bridge or watch from like row eighteen, whatever it is. Like, I don't move, and I'm the same way. But it's it's without fail. If you talk to Shu or Indart or whoever, when I leave, something good happens. Yeah. It's usually the case. Which I actually might have to miss next Saturday's game. Uh, the, the fifth? Fifth, yeah. The Dodgers? Yeah, there's something going on, like some charity thing that I didn't really, I didn't commit to it yet, but I spoke to someone about it, and then I forgot that there was a game, and whatever. I missed one game a year. It might be next weekend. But if I do, make sure you go. I, I, I'm definitely going to be there. Because we talked about it last year, and you said the, the inmates are running the asylum. Uh, yeah, not there. yeah can, I, can, I come, can I move down to row one for that day? Sure, you can take my tickets. Yeah. Well, you know what? Shoemaker's birthday lands on the outing in September. Was it the 20, not the 27th, the one before 23rd. that? 23rd. It's like the it's Saturday birthday. before. It's his birthday. Like so we spoke about this after we found out about the Jim Beam bar. We want to trade our tickets with 
that row for that for that for that one game for yeah. Shu's birthday. So we might sit in row twenty, and then whoever sits in those four seats right next to the bar, like here you go. I'd be in on that seat upgrade. Yeah, I would. I would. So, I would. I would commit to that. I'd love to take an Uber back to uh, something. Uber, yeah, Uber. <laughs> We'd be taking the Uber. All right, a couple uh, Facebook Q and A's. Um, this is. I'll take this one because Charity wants to know in a, in a Royal Rumble what mascot other than Mister Met would win. It's got to be the Fanatic, right? Fnatic's such a dick. I know, but it's got, but that's why it's got to be. No, I think Fnatic. Fnatic is more like the bully that once he finally gets confronted, backs down. Yeah, I think that's the, that's what the Fnatic's about. All right, so who you got? Um, a lot of, a lot of well, you know, he's the only like angry one. So maybe he'll have a shot. A lot of the mascots, I mean, obviously they're supposed to be around the team to like yeah. promote the team and be nice with the kids and stuff. Uh, maybe the dinosaur, the dingo, whatever that is. Uh, was it like it's dinger? Dingo, dinger, dinger I think. Right? The dingo ate your baby. <laughs> maybe the dingo <laughs> ate your baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's dinger, right? At, on the Rockies. whatever it is. But it, but a uh, if the San Diego chicken wants to come out of retirement, it's a then dinosaur, we right? It's a dinosaur. So a dinosaur is pretty bad. I mean, even though they die, they're all extinct. But like, they're pretty badass. What? What? Well, you got to bring it down like that. I don't know, but I think a dinosaur would definitely beat like Mister Met in a fight. All right. Well, I'm going. If the San Diego <laughs> Chicken comes out of retirement, I'm going the San Diego Chicken. Other than the fanatic. I like the when a lot of Yankees fans like to talk shit about Mister Met, and they forgot that they actually had yeah. a mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for and one he was year. Horrible. Yeah, very, very, very bad. Um, if you ever want to look at that, check Speaking out of Yankees. Did you see the tweet today? They wrote something about like Bayrod. Oh yeah, yeah. With the hand on the, the, the hip. boss is rolling over in his grave, man. Dude, it's got to be. Speaking of the, do you want to? Do you call him the boss, right? Take, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you oh, want to take Bayrod? Do you want to take the opportunity to to crap on the four line? Faithful? Yeah, whatever. If they're watching, whatever. Keep keep copying everything we do. You'll eventually be successful. Does anybody call the four train the four line? No, it's the four train. Right. But whatever. Some so. dorks from uh, the Bronx started something a couple of years ago, and my buddy who has nothing to do, he's a Yankee fan. Yeah. My friend texted me yesterday. He's like, "This is embarrassing." Yeah. And he sends me a screenshot of whatever the hell these guys posted on Instagram, and I was bored. I clicked on the link that he sent me, mm-hmm. and you know I don't follow these guys, so I wouldn't even pay attention to what they're doing. But right. it was it was texted to me, um, and their their slogan said something like "For fans that are true stay, to the ninth, or like stay through the ninth inning." For fans that stay through the ninth inning, I'm like that sounds awfully like, a lot like loyal to last out. And then uh, CPA replied, "What? So if there's extra innings, they go home." <laughs> <laughs> Can always count on CPA I mean, to come catch on, the guys, devil in like, the details. I mean, whatever. Uh, whatever. Uh, Devontae Four wants to know why I'm not going Be to Be original. Yeah. We, love, we love fan bases that are passionate about their team and want to be organized and go and cheer well, and travel like those, and whatever. Those the, D, those, the Pantone guys. Yeah, the Pantone guys are awesome, but those like D-line jabronis. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, they're losers. You know, but get like, out of here. The whole thing where, where if you want to you know, just completely steal what we do, then you're just not original. And ass. the guy like replied later in the night and he goes... Something about your your pitchers can't get out of the third inning or whatever, and it was a photo of of um, of uh, who was on there. It was obviously you know Syndergaard and whatever, but he had a photo of Familia, and someone replied like, "You know, he's a closer, right?" Like they, they're just not they're not even funny or clever. It'd be different. Like I don't I I have a lot of tolerance for trolls if they're at least creative, right? But these guys are just losers. Not not your best. Uh, Devontae Ford wants to know why I'm not going to Seattle. It is my wedding anniversary weekend, so I'm not going to Seattle. Oh yeah. And- yeah, I didn't know that. Six years on Sunday. How about that? Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Um, Keith Knowlton wants to know. You've talked about the M logo before. Do you think the Mets would ever use the M logo on like a spring training cap or something? I hope like that? so. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't expect the world here or anything. It's their logo. No. Uh, we just uh, cut off the ETS. I would like the Mets to to audible to a spring training cap that that is different. 
and new. Like I, I really like what they got going on right now. St. Lucie Mets are making Tebow caps. Are they? Yeah, they hit me up. Uh, well, they're not making it. New Era. I don't know if I'm just even supposed to talk about this, but New Era is making some Tebow caps, and uh, they asked if you want to carry them. It's the timing's not right. We're going to Seattle tomorrow, and yada yada. But um, yeah, I mean, I like stuff that's a little bit uh, different. And yeah. I think the M logo in the beginning, people weren't really feeling it. But then once we came out with so many versions, we had so many caps. Yeah. We had the jackets, we had the T-shirts, the tank tops, all that stuff. It's I think cool. people just kind of like embraced it. I like it. I think that I would love the Mets to do a, a like an orange cap with a blue brim for spring training. I think that would be a different look. It'd be cool. I love the Los Mets jerseys. Um, I think that the yeah. Mets, it would be they cool. They have done those in a couple of years, though, right? No, I don't think so. But it would be cool if the Mets did eventually embrace like an orange jersey. I think that would be cool. Um, someone wrote, I mean, the Mets have been pretty hard on Sundays. Someone said maybe it's the jinx or, or the curse that they got rid of the pinstripes. Last year they did. They did the 86. the 30-year anniversary, right? they yeah. always wore the, the they, pinstripes. The racing stripes. Yeah, they only bring out the racing stripes, though, on the anniversary. So maybe they'll be back in 2022. I don't know. 2022. 2021 <laughs> whatever it doesn't really matter uh christian garzon wants to know dom smith today or tomorrow uh, obviously the proximity he mentioned to uh las vegas helps because they're out on the west coast so. it would be awesome if saturday when we're there that'd in cool. seattle that's his major league debut yeah that'd be very excellent well you never know that would be great i don't i i think they're gonna wait a little bit maybe next week at some point. Maybe they'll bring him and Rosario up the same day. Did you ever have a really odd... This is my question. Do you ever have a really... Since we talked about jerseys, a really odd jersey, like a really weird player that you decided like... Yeah, I used to buy... Even like with like other teams, like, but uh, not like, like the Knicks and stuff, I would go and... like I was poor. I'd, I'd go to Models On clearance? And whatever's on like the, on sale. Yeah. You know, like I have like a Spreewell Knicks jersey or something but like that. But the Spreewell Knicks jersey is like commonplace. Like I had a Spreewell Knicks jersey. But I'm not even you probably bought it when he was still playing. I bought yeah. it when it was like 10 bucks. Well, what do you have? Like a rant? You went all in on like a guy nah, who nah, just now? Nah. Not really. I'm not big on jerseys. Now you know my thing now is the All Star Game stuff. But like, um, which Keith's jersey is right there? I still don't give it to him. There it is, um, there it is Keith. He probably thinks I didn't really get it. But no, I, it's I, right there. Oh. We see it. <laughs> no, nah, not really. What about you? Like, I have a Derek Bell authentic jersey. I have a authentic. Yeah, Kazmatsui two Kazmatsui authentic jerseys. Mo Vaughn, Roberto Alomar. Uh, you know, I feel like having another beer, but I didn't pack yet. I don't want Kelly to get mad at me. I mean, I, I know think, she's watching. I'm not driving. We had a anywhere. Hall of Fame catcher on our. Yeah, we peaked. We're not, a po- we're not a podcast, bro. We're not a podcast. <laughs> the Podcasting show. Jones. We here. could just retire tomorrow and be like, well, we had Mike Piazza, Duca, Mike Piazza, Kevin Burkhardt. Uh, who else do we have? I don't know. What's going on now? I don't know. Did we it's, lose? Did we lose the feed again? Nah, it's probably just the computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So tomorrow. I'm flying to Seattle. Not that anybody cares about that, but I'll be in Seattle tomorrow. The outing is on Saturday. Sorry to my wife. I'm having another beer. Um, I will pack soon. If you are going to be out there cheering with us, we would love to see you out at Pyramid bright and early on Saturday. The pregame starts at 10. Obviously, the game starts at 1. It's 4 o'clock local time in New York. We will probably head in around 12, 15, 12.30-ish to make sure we're in our seats before the national anthem. If you'd like to uh, be a team player and hold up one of the K cards that we're making special, there are a 1,000 tickets with us. We have 500 K cards. Come down and pick one up and hang on to it after the game. It might be uh, worth a lot of money after DeGrom throws a no-hitter. And um, Look at that. Mike Piazza tweeted a thank you to us. No way. Very much enjoy talking to the seven line tonight. Always amazing talking Mets baseball. Congrats on your all your success. Hashtag LGM. Mets. I'm going to print that out and frame it. I, I would. That's pretty big. 
That is. That's pretty big. All right. On that note, thank you guys for everything. We couldn't have had the opportunity to talk to Mike Piazza if it wasn't for fans like you supporting what we've been doing with the Seven Line since 2009. I can't thank you guys enough. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I'm sure Brian thanks you as well. It like you said. Not from the bottom of my heart, though. It comes from somewhere in this region. Uh, some, from shoulder. your clavicle? From, from, the, from the broad shoulder region. Yeah. Well, whatever. You know, you said yourself. I'm like in, in 1999 or whatever year, you didn't expect you'd be talking to Piazza. I'm kidding around. 31 weeks later, when we started something upstairs, and now we're in the basement. And See, there you go. It's a good time. So thank you guys. Uh, if you don't mind sharing the show, let your friends know that you just watched the best episode ever of a Mets uh, show because there isn't any other Mets shows. This is it. That's it. Um, until someone else, like the four line wants to just copy our I whole know, business model anyway guys so you do your thing we'll do ours we'll see you next thursday night live here facebook.com slash the seven line if you're watching uh the replay we appreciate it if you want to tell your friends you love us that's great too soundcloud and itunes we appreciate your listens as well maybe subscribe maybe rate that kind of helps the show boost up the ratings for brian and myself we thank you for watching anything else you want to say never all right guys sign up Softball team by tomorrow night, 11.59 p.m. Go to the7line.com, click the blog, find out all about it, raise some money for charity, play on the field where the future stars play out in, out in Brooklyn, and that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we didn't peak. We out.